to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God in his word uses many ways and illustrations to describe his relationship with his people. He speaks about familiar things that people would see around them and that they could relate to. He uses the illustration of the shepherd and the sheep on a number of occasions, both in the Old and in the New Testament. He uses the relationship between a husband and a wife. He uses the relationship of a father to his children. These are just a few of the different ways in which God describes the relationship that he has with his people. And all of these ways of describing these relationships, they teach people both when the hearers then, but also ourselves today, things about life and how we live, things about ourselves, how we are and our different needs. But they also teach us about our Lord and his ways towards us. So he uses many different ways. He uses the sheep as an illustration of how being protected and provided for by the shepherd. He uses his people as a wife and, and God as the husband in that relationship of love and a love so often described as steadfast and unconditional. He uses the illustration of his people as children, relying on the father for his loving care and his watch and also at times his rebuke. So he uses all of these different relationships. And here in these verses, we're given another way of describing the relationship of God towards his people, a relationship that was shown to Jeremiah uh, when he was told to go down uh, to the potter's house. And there what he saw God used to describe his relationship to the people. And even though it's, as it says, the clay, as it was being worked on, didn't work out the first time. What he saw was the potter taking that same lump of clay and reforming it and working on it into what he wanted it to be. And that's a great reminder to ourselves, as it was to the people who Jeremiah was speaking to. Jeremiah was speaking to the people of Judea and Jerusalem at the time, describing their relationship with God in this way, that the, the lump that has been spoiled is like they're wandering away from God, turning away from him, but that God's longing and desire is to bring them back and to shape them into what he wants them to be. And the idea of this vessel, this pot of clay, is that it would be useful to God, be a servant of God, once again, but they had to yield. They had to put themselves into the potter's hands and allow him to work. So it may have been spoken to the people in the days of the Old Testament, but it still speaks to us alongside other passages uh, throughout the scriptures of this special relationship that God has with his people. And especially as we come into the New Testament, where we see God giving his son and our greatest relationship being with him and our dependence on him. It's like a reminder that Jesus gives in John 15. 
that great passage that speaks of another way of describing the relationship of God to his people. In John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does, does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's similar kind of reminders to us in both the potter and the clay and the vine and the branches. We can do nothing apart from God. And so there's so much importance in our relationship with God, as we well know. When our relationship is not right with God, we know we suffer. But God longs for us to come to him and lean upon him and always to depend on him. So the theme is of the pot and the clay, God making a people once again to be his servants. And that is what we long to be ourselves or should long to be too, the clay in the potter's hands that the God would shape each and every one of us to be a useful vessel, a useful servant for God. And we should never let ourselves think that we can do it on our own strength. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And so Jeremiah is speaking here God's word of the potter and the clay. And just two things we want to take from this this evening. First is, the potter's intention, the potter's intention. And then secondly, the potter's message, the potter's intention and the potter's message. So firstly, we think of the potter's intention. What does a potter want to do? When a potter has a lump of clay, he's got it for a specific purpose. He plans to take that clay and from that clay produce a vessel. He wants a vessel that will be useful, that people can use. And so when we think of how the potter here is being described as God and the clay as his people, what does God want? What's his intention with his people then and with his people now? It is that we would be shaped and molded by him, that we would be found useful by being in his hands. But you think of what the potter has to work with. In order to, to make a vessel of good use, the potter must work with material that when you first look at it, it leaves little to be desired. A lump of clay isn't much to look at. And in the hands of the wrong person, that lump of clay is useless. But in the hands of the right person, that lump of clay can be made into something beautiful. And that's the same as God's relationship with his people. When we look at ourselves, we are far from perfect. We are just like a lump of clay, useless, sometimes in our own eyes, 
and in the eyes of many others. We are, we are in our sin. We are worthless to God in our natural condition. But you know, as the potter has been described here with the clay, the potter was working on the clay initially, but it was spoiled. Now, it wasn't that the clay, that the potter made a mistake. The fault was in the clay. But that same clay, the potter was able to take and remove the blemishes and make it into something useful. So God has these things to work on. He's got this lump of clay being described here, and he's got his people, imperfect people. People, as we see here with Judah and Jerusalem, God's people of Israel, who have gone away from him who have done wrong in his eyes, strayed away from him, and yet God is still able to use them. And it's a reminder to us of how today God has his people, imperfect people, people full of blemishes, but yet Jesus came to save us from our sins. Something that looks so useless, so far away from God, yet God is able to take us and to form us. And it's such a great reminder to us. I don't know if you've ever watched a potter working on clay of the patience involved in it. The patience to work in that clay, to make it into something useful. We don't often have that patience ourselves. I remember trying to make something in school out of clay on the wheel, and I just wasn't up for it. It was going to take too long. I didn't have the skills. But there was others who could do it. And that is the way God is. He can do with us whatever he wants. But he's patient with us. And thank God he is. Because some of us take more work than others. Some of us maybe have more blemishes to be ironed out than others. But God just works away patiently in us. We're never immediately the finished product we're not just bought off the shelf as it were ready for any purpose it takes time the potter takes time to shape us indeed he's always shaping us always working in us because as we see even in the potter's hands things can go terribly wrong there are times when even in the best of care the vessel can go out of shape because of faults in the clay. But God continues to work in us. And the, the potter can sense in the clay itself just where the blemishes are. He instantly knows when there is a problem. He senses a change in the clay and, and he takes steps to address that. And that's the way God has worked with his people down through all the generations. Being with his people through highs and lows, times of blessing, times of hardship. But God always knows what his people need and when they need it. He knows, as we so often come with prayers, asking for the Lord and to help in times of trouble. He knows all of these things. So we bring our prayers to him in confidence. But he also knows the flaws and faults in our attitudes, the things that need correction. 
So just as he provides in our needs so often, so he provides when we go astray, when we're going wrong, he corrects us. We cannot hide anything from God. Psalm 139 at the beginning of it describes that for us, how there's nothing that is hidden from God. And so we are. And the best thing we can do is to just allow ourselves to be responsive to his touch, to yield ourselves to his active work in our lives. The sooner we reach the place he desires us to be, the sooner he can use us for his glory. So this is talking about servants of God, being useful servants of God. And that's the potter's intention. And God so often, so often shows in remarkable ways that how he is able to change people's lives. Some of you may have heard of a man called Bill Gilveer or read his book. It's called Rough Diamond, a story of his testimony of how God brought him from darkness to light. Bill Gilveer was a man in Glasgow in the 1940s who was much to be feared. His father died when he was young and he became a member of the Glasgow gangs, youth gangs first, on the fringe of the main Glasgow gangland scene. They were young men who didn't carry on in school. They left school as soon as they could, or even before they were even allowed to leave. They didn't go into employment. Instead, they just went round the streets of Glasgow, much to be feared, looking for trouble all the time. And Bill Gilvie himself acknowledged that he would carry weapons with him wherever he went, designed to either scare or scar. It was best to be on Bill Gilvere's good side. And yet this unlikely character, if you like, he became used by God in wonderful ways. He became a nurse in the Navy. He was a missionary to Africa at one point. He obtained medical qualifications, both in French and in English. He worked back in Scotland to help seamen involved in the Falklands conflict. He became a great evangelist, praising God and telling others about the glory of God wherever he went. So what was it that caused this turnaround? Well, he went from one danger of conviction in the sense of going to court for his crimes to instead becoming convicted by God, convicted of his need for forgiveness and turning to a loving and gracious God, he found in him one who was able to forgive his past and use him wonderfully in so many different ways. His book was called Rough Diamond for a Reason, because God had to shape him, just like the potter and the clay God worked on him in a wonderful way. And it's a great reminder to us, if we ever needed, that God can have anyone, take anyone, bring them up and use them for his glory. 
But so often, first we have to be brought down. We have to be brought down to realize our need of God. And that's the situation that Jeremiah was speaking into here. Israel being brought down, down from dependence on self and trusting in self to being brought to a place of trusting in God. But we see in verse 12 that they weren't there yet. It says, they say that is in vain. We will follow our own plans and will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. They weren't ready yet. But God was bringing them low so that he could rebuild them, reform them. Dwight L. Moody, once when he was visiting Scotland, he was with Andrew Bonner, a, a Scottish preacher. And he was talking to Andrew Bonner about the sheep in the highlands and how strange they seemed to be at times and places that they would go. And Andrew Bonner started talking to him about this and why they would often go into places where they shouldn't be. He said they would always go where the grass looks good. And they would go into places and get into places, but then all of a sudden find themselves they couldn't get out of. He said you would often find sheep up on the hills and they'd, they'd jump down onto a ledge because the grass looked so green and lush. And they would stay there and eat the grass. But once the grass was done, they'd realize there was no more. And then they'd realize they couldn't get out. And they would start bleating. And Dwight L. Moody was asking Andrew, why don't the shepherds just go down there and then and, and take them up? And Andrew Bonner explained, well, if you're a shepherd, you know that that's not going to work. You see, if they're fit and strong and healthy and you try to go down, they're so stupid, he said, they're just going to jump off and die, jumping off the cliff. He says, you have to leave them until they're so tired and weak that they're unable to do anything. And then you go down and put a rope around them and take them up. And he said, that is just the way it is with men. They won't go back to God, to God until they're at their very lowest ebb. And sometimes God has to leave them there until they're so tired and weak. And then he is able to work. That's so often the pattern you find in Scripture. That God allows his people to go far, far away to a point when they realize they can do nothing. And then he brings them back. He has his intentions for his people. We've looked at this recently, the plans. Here we see again the idea of our own plans are to go away from God. But God's plans and intentions are to work in his people, to bring them back and to use them for his glory. So the potter's intention then is to use his people for his glory. The second thing we see here, though, is the potter's message. And the potter's message is what the word that was coming through Jeremiah, the word of the Lord to the people of Israel was to put yourselves into God's hands. And that's the message to ourselves as well. And there's two aspects to this message. The first is this. It's a message about control. 
that God is in control. In verse 6, it says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God is in control. And as we went on to read, you see in his hands, he can do good and bless when we return. Or he can bring us down if we don't, if we do not yield into his hands. Both sides are there before us. But the message of the potter here is to come and yield ourselves into his hands. He is in control. He can do what he wishes with his people. But surely we want blessing from him. And yet so often as we see, and as was prayed before, our nation and nations of the world, we just put God away. But he is still calling us back to himself. But we think of it even individually as well. It's not just about looking beyond these walls. It's about looking in ourselves and asking of ourselves, what are we in the hands of God? Are we putting ourselves and all our desires and all our needs into the hands of God? That God has a purpose for all of his people. We are all lumps of clay. We are all able to be made in God's hands into servants from him. You think of the variety of different kinds of pots that the, the potter would make. Some are made for everyday use and constant use. Others are more delicate and expensive. There's such a variety of things. And so it is with God's people. A variety of people used for different purposes, but all useful instruments in the hands of God. And so the message is that God is in control, that God is building his church, that we as his people are to be like the vine in, in John 15. We are to abide in him, that he may abide in us, for apart from him, we can do nothing. He is able to bear fruit through his people. So God is in control. But the second part of the potter's message is about compliance. It's about being faithful, not being stubborn or turning away, but being faithful and obedient to God. The duty of the clay is one, to be in the potter's hands, because that is the best place to be. Because he is the only one who is equipped to make us into what he wants us to be. To use us for his glory, wherever we are and wherever we may go. We are to be in the potter's hands. Because if we place ourselves in the hands of the potter, then he is able to work. Then he is able to work in us and honor, use us to his honor and to his glory. 
That's what Jeremiah was seeing in the potter's house. A reminder of where the people were, but also where they could be if they would yield themselves into the hands of God. And again, it's just a reminder to us that in everything we seek to do for the Lord, we are to yield ourselves to him. Many years ago, in the days of horse and cart, there was a man and his wife driving along a narrow and dangerous stretch of road, just the two of them sitting on the cart beside each other. The woman became afraid as they were making away their way along this road. And in her fright, she went to grab one of the reins that her husband was holding. She grabbed it off him and took it into her own hands. The husband remained calm. And just very gently, he stretched over and says, do you want the other rein? And the woman in her fright said, oh, no, I, I can't take them both. I could never manage that animal alone. Well, then said the husband gently, you must make your choice. It's either you or it's me. We can't both drive the same horse. And the frightened wife soon just quickly gave back the rein to her husband. And they carried on safely along the road. I'm pretty sure similar things happen in cars today as well. Both directions, people panicking beside each other. But when we think about this in the eyes of God, it's so often the way we live our lives. Where we want to be in control or to have some control over our lives because we're not compliant. We're not fully trusting in God. We think to ourselves, I'll take control of this part of my life. But God is like that husband. He's saying it's either you or me. Which do you want? And that's what he was saying to the children of Israel here as well. The potter and the clay. He's saying, what do you want? Do you want your plans or do you want mine? Are you going to go your own way or are you going to comply with me? And so God continues to challenge his people today, yourself and myself. What do we want with God? His way or our way? We are to put ourselves into his hands, to yield to him as the pot, that he would make us to be his servants. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7, there it speaks of another way that the treasure of clay, of jars and clay is described. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are mere servants of the king. And whatever we do, we do for his glory. Can we say today, I am yielded to God.
I am putting myself into his hands? Or are there places still we want to be in control that we haven't fully given to the potter? Perhaps the, the potter still has work as he does with us all to mold and shape us, iron out the blemishes as it were. But let us be a people who are willing to put ourselves into his hands, that he will make us to be his people for his glory here and wherever he might place us. May God bless his word to us. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your patient work in our lives. We thank you that though we are so imperfect, that we're just lumps of clay in our sin, we thank you, though, that you have brought us from the pit, that you have raised us up, that you are the one who is shaping us and molding us. And we know, Lord, that there is so much work still to be done, but help us that we would yield to you and put ourselves over into your hands, that you might take us and use us for your glory. Lord, continue with us, we pray, pardoning all our sin in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to conclude by